Hey everyone, welcome back to the Gift of Gab podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Usher. So today we have a very, very, very special guest. It's been about two years since we've been reunited, because we used to work at the YMCA together. Rip. Um, And she is the baddest, the baddest, sorry y'all bitch around. She really is. She really is. She's my, she's probably one of my favorite people, and one, one of the things I love about her is we haven't seen each other in two years, but we have managed to always stay in touch, whether social media or texting, sharing memes, whatever. Absolutely. And that's why I love her. So, this is Maria Moss. Ooh, ooh. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey y'all. y'all. <laughs> I just want to point out, she's wearing a hat right now that says, nah, Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. 1955. Yes, sir. Nah. Which is, which is going to set the tone <laughs> for this podcast, because... You know, you, you guys, we know the times that we're living in right now. Black Lives Matter. We got all these anarchists. We got a bunch of social media. Different conversations are being had right now as far as culturally, socially, politically. So I thought, what better way than to have Miss Maria Moss on? <laughs> so, and I was just kind of like, I don't want it to be like a debate. I don't yeah. want it to be, that's not what this is. So I, if you're afraid that this is going to be a political debate, I don't, there's really not, nothing to debate on for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because for, 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 you know, different reasons, but I think you, we can't dispute black lives do matter. Mm -hmm. This is not all lives matter. That's not what, like what we're here to discuss. So point blank period, this, this is not what this is. Not going to be a debate. So if you, if you disagree with me, sign off babies, just go ahead and sign off. Um, (laughs) so I just wanted Maria to basically open up how she feels and what your experiences that you've seen with the whole Black Lives Matter and how you feel as a black woman right awesome. now. Hey, Gabby, girl. So, <laughs> sentiments echoed. Love her, love her, love her. It's kind of funny when you, like, work somewhere and then everybody sucks and then one person walks in and you're like, oh, okay, that's my spirit animal. Uh, so, so true. So <laughs> glad true. to be here um, talking with you guys, talking with Gabby about just kind of my experience. And so, um, I'm black. Name may not in- indicate that. Yeah. But anyway, um, everyone's like, oh, I thought you were Latina. No, I'm black. Um, in Georgia, been in Georgia, army brat, moved around, uh, born in Germany, grew up for the most part, I claim Georgia as home. Mm-hmm. And, um, just kind of, I would even say like recently overall, it is just interesting to be a Very black woman in the South, period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right now I feel like the forefront, like the, the spotlight is on a lot of the injustices, uh, murders by police, by other people that are happening and happening against black men in particular and women, Breonna Taylor. I'm going to say her name too. That takes um, me off every time. Yet, um, like for me, it is, has been and is always a constant witness. Like I was even thinking driving over here to talk to you guys, talk to Gabby about maybe like three, four years ago, I remember something had just happened and I was driving down, um, what's the back road? Oh, uh, Stillwell? No, the, the long one. Oh, shoot, I don't know. The one that you turn around. But I know exactly what you're so talking about. So I'm driving about. down that road, and I saw two um, little boys. Love One looked about 13, one looked about 7, um, walking. And I'm driving the opposite direction, and something was like, turn around and go get them. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, I'm like, where y'all going? Y'all need a ride. And they were like, well, we're okay walking. I said, no, I'll give y'all a ride. Like, y'all can get in, I'll give y'all a ride. And I picked up the two little boys and dropped them off wherever they lived. Like, I remember, you know, mm-hmm. but it was like, Whatever was happening then, it had been another recent incident to mm-hmm. the point where, like, my reaction was, I got to protect them at all costs. I feel like that, like, has been a constant in my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, right now, I appreciate the spotlight, but I feel like it's just for us, for black women, men, people, period. Um, it's just a constant. What right. feels nice about right now mm-hmm. is people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like 
and this is a conversation I had with my husband the other day because he was like, well, do you think it's real? Like, do you think everybody that's saying they're going to make change and they're they're supporting the movement is and will? And I said, well, I don't. The answer I can't is say no. That. I can't say that. What I can say is I think what's different mm-hmm. is we just went through something that unified everybody across the entire planet. Like, COVID hit. And it was like, we don't care if you black, white, short, tall, fat, ugly, like everybody was impacted in some way, whether you agree it's a conspiracy or whatever, I don't even care. Everybody was impacted. Like everybody's lives like changed. Right. And then everyone had to slow down. Mm-hmm. And so what I told him, I said, I think there's more awareness of the plight being something that people can get behind because we all just realized how connected we are. Like, and I think that's a huge thing. Plus the fact that everyone slowed down. So as more time to George think. Floyd was murdered mm-hmm. on TV, which I have still not watched, as Ahmaud Aubrey was murdered on video, which I have still not watched, um, people saw it. And I don't know if they saw it with new eyes or saw it with different eyes or just saw it because they were stuck looking at it. But I think that's what feels different about right now versus right. my whole life when mm-hmm. black men, women, everybody have been getting murdered by each other and by the police and by everything mm-hmm. um, versus right now. So that's kind of like, I don't know if that's like my hopeful thought. <laughs> I think I think it's somewhat hopeful because here's why. Uh-huh. So, and I I'm all admit it. I'm somewhat of a pessimist in general. I'm I know. Realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. So like my thing about it is on social media, mm-hmm. right? Now now everybody cares. Mm-hmm. And I just know that, like, okay, so you posted on your Instagram story, mm-hmm. you posted a black box. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you for finally recognizing the black community because <laughs> someone died. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that if you posted that you don't care, yeah. but I'm saying a lot. I, I just know a lot of people only did it mm-hmm. because they didn't want to be called out on social media or they got pressured into it by social media. So to me, a lot of it feels fake, mm-hmm. especially cause I know some of these people. <laughs> and so I'm just like, Same. <laughs> um, I, like, okay. So you, I, a lot of y'all, I know for a fact, yeah. I probably have not spoken to one black person except maybe just in public when you're checking out or you happen to wave at a black person, like on the street or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, so but but now you really care. So, I, yeah. And that and that's my thing. Is like so, social media has made it. It's very it's trendy. It's an, it's becoming. I said it was said it with my friends said the other day. It's become like an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, like Black Lives Matter. But yeah. like I'm in my mansion. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I see them on Instagram. Like <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Like I yeah. back in kindergarten had my yes. had my black friend. That, no, no. Here's so, a PSA. Please, please don't tell people you have a black friend. But, like please. that to me is the, well, let me rephrase that. Please don't tell black people, I have a black friend. Cause that's like, <laughs> that's, that's telltale. You sign. shouldn't have to tell you should that have you have a black people. friend. Like, and, and so many people I've seen recently, like, well, you know, I, whatever, whatever, but I have a black friend. The minute you say that to me. You know, you can hate me and clam it up and whatever you want, all you want. But the minute you throw in that I have a black friend, like you've lost all credibility. You did. Everything. Because, because you shouldn't. Because you're pandering. Yeah. And, you, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to say it. And most people that say I have a black friend have that one friend mm-hmm. from kindergarten. Yeah. They haven't seen since kindergarten. Like, yeah. But I agree. Like there is to me a lot of trendiness. It's very trendy. And that's what, that's why I have yeah. an issue with. Because usually trends come and go. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm just like. Actions will always speak louder than words. Yeah. 
So yes. you can make your post and it can be very endearing. But what are you doing? But what are you actually doing? And people are like, well, like, what can I do? And I'm just like, I, I don't know. Um. Like, don't go <laughs> don't go up to a black person just because they're black yeah. to, to be their friend. Yeah. I, I don't know. Interact with them. I, yeah. I, I don't know how to, I really don't know how to explain it. Stand behind it. what you say. Like, that to me. Right. And it's, it's, and it's not going to be a one-time thing. Like, you right. say it's not going to be walking, hey. Hey. Like, Yes. <laughs> like, like that's not it. Um please don't and here's what yeah. here's what annoys me though too is walking up to a black person and I've kind of like noticed this yeah. more and more. It's like me walking up to you Maria and being like I have white privilege and I'm so so sorry. <laughs> it like yes. black people don't want you to come up to them, like, and I can't speak for black know. people. We already know, right? And I don't want to act like I'm speaking we for black know people. We already know you have white privilege. Like it's like you don't have to tell us that. Yeah, and, or apologize. Like to me, and the big conversation that's happened here recently around white privilege, right? So mm-hmm. you know, number one, it speak exists. on that. To me, it exists. Period. Okay, and, okay. And some people may disagree. It exists. I don't fault anyone for that. I would never be like, oh, Gabby told her that she's that one. Like I would never because it's not anything. I feel like you did, and I don't feel like, right. it, and I don't feel like. It's something that you are even probably aware of because to you, it's just your it's just life. life. That's how yes. I walk through life. Yes. So mm-hmm. to me, it's like it's having an understanding that my perspective of your experience of having white privilege may not match your perspective of, well, this is just how my, like, this is just life. Like, I don't, I, I didn't do anything. Right. Or, you know, I don't really understand what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that being able to come together and say, hey, Gabby, you got it. And you say, okay, well, to me, it just feels like life. And to you, it may look different. And us be okay saying that mm-hmm. is where people will start to grow because I am fully aware that um, I don't think white people wake up in the morning, all of them, and put on their white privilege t-shirt and go out and just like use it like a, a membership card. I don't think right. that. And it exists, right? So mm-hmm. to me, it's it's rather than coming up saying, I have white privilege and I'm sorry. I'm like, I know you have it. Why are you sorry? It is, I have, I understand that I may have some opportunities or privilege that others don't have. How can I use what I have to help support, leverage, build, do whatever for other people, right? right. So right. it's like, okay, Gabby has a podcast. Gabby says, okay, let me get my friend who is black to come in and let's talk about this real stuff. That, to me, is what people should do. Or right. one of my clients is a uh, big company out in Utah. By the way, Maria Utah. Maria is a powerful uh, businesswoman, so yeah. slide in her DMs if y'all want some job. Corporate style. <laughs> but um, <laughs> one of my clients is a big company out in Utah. Yeah. Utah. White. Yes. 3%. Mormon, baby. The 3% of the population are persons of color. Not even just black. Mm-hmm. 3%. Got this number when I was in Utah talking to people, right? Because yep. I'm talking to people. Well, they are like, okay, we have been quiet. That's mm-hmm. not cool. Mm-hmm. We have a huge global platform. Mm-hmm. We need to use it for right. Like, we need to use So, we're going to not only say Black Lives Matter, make our posts, you know, do our social media. Yeah. We're going to go to the people who work with us, who are people of color. And say, come in, use our platform, share your message, and we're going to push it out around the world. Like, that, to me, is how you leverage the privilege. Like, that's where you say, I know I have some space, some voices, some whatever that can be used in the right way. And let me get the people in place to use it so that we can all work together to make things better. Like, that, to me, is what you do. Not walk up to somebody and say, I have privilege. I'm sorry. Now, if you want to slide me some money, (laughs) cash at me. (laughs) Some reparations. um, We can put my cash app at the end of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, we'll take that. Even though uh, she drives a nice Camaro, <laughs> and I'm just get a Range Rover. But anyway, uh, oh, um, yeah, oh, I'm going. I'm coming up in the way. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so I give y'all my cash app. But y'all can reparations. And uh, if you're feeling that bad about it, if you're um, feeling that bad, and you can load my Starbucks card. Uh, I almost got canceled the other day. Um, but yeah, so so that's what I feel like. Like 
I don't, I don't ever, I don't think I have ever looked at, let me think about how I'm going to say this. I don't think the people that I'm around, I would say mm-hmm. that, because I have, <laughs> I have white friends, like y'all have black friends, <laughs> um, but I don't think my friends have ever done anything that I would think was them using their privilege, like, against me, or in a way to make me feel bad or anything, and I think it's just the people that I'm around, like, yeah, and, um, I don't know, but that walking up, I'm sorry, I have like, like whatever. And like, I think a lot of it, because what I was trying to get with that was um, just a lot of shaming. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw, you know, I think a post that said something, um, if you were white, you need to go up to a black person and no. apologize. You need to pay. I saw a video. I'm swing on you. This guy. Don't walk up on me. This guy. <laughs> this guy. He was, there was a video in Seattle. Seattle right now is crazy. Um, oh. And, uh. This guy was like, he said on a big old like a uh, bullhorn. He said, "If you are white, you need to turn around and get them ten dollars." And I said, "So basically, you gonna you gonna say, hey, hey, black person, here's the money, ten ten dollars." And to me, a lot of times, it's just that creates more of a divide because we're <laughs> we're actively saying you're black, yeah. I'm white, and when you yeah. when you're constantly pointing it out, it becomes uncomfortable. Yeah. It com- becomes so uncomfortable for everybody. And here's a good example. So, growing up here in South Georgia, mm-hmm. a lot of my friends are black, mm-hmm. and I never thought anything of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, especially my part of Effingham, mm-hmm. it's 50-50, mm-hmm. maybe 60-40 black white. <laughs> I just appreciate you said my part of Effingham. My part of Effingham. Well, y'all know who I'm talking you know about. I'm from Effingham. Must be two um, <laughs> And I remember, like, I had a seventh grade birthday party, and I invited white, white people and black people. All the white people flaked. It was just me and all my black friends. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was awesome because they all walked up. They're like, where are white people at, Gabby? And I'm like, well, they all flake. So here it is. Um, so, and, that, and I never thought anything yeah. different about it. High school, playing basketball, like whatever. Like it never felt weird mm-hmm. because, and I never, I, I was also like, how can people be racist? Like mm-hmm. this is just the life that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. These are like my sisters. These mm-hmm. are like my family. And then I go off to UGA mm-hmm. where it's super whitewash, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I mean, like my first day, I was like, where, where is the black person people at? <laughs> and I had a couple people have, and I was telling Delia this the other day. I'm like, they say I talk country ghetto, especially when I get upset. And I'm like, well, um, I grew up black people, and that's yeah. especially they t- they take me more seriously yeah. when you know when I get a little ghetto. So I was like, all right, but I noticed that you like UGA everything's racist, like, there's just racism everywhere, and I'm just like, I just didn't know it was such a big issue, because I don't know how to explain it, it's very hard for me to, like, to, to communicate, but I feel like since a lot of them grew, they're all from Atlanta, Yeah, you know, suburb, right, the further north you go, the suburb, suburbs of Atlanta, I'm like, y'all grew up with just white people, Mm -hmm. so yeah, in your mind, everything is racist, Mm -hmm. because yeah, you you don't interact with black people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you you would be. I mean, you do live in a racist society. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm coming from where I come from. And I'm like, I didn't know it was such a big yeah. issue. Like, I don't know. How, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, I think, like, a part of it is exposure. Right? Yeah, right, right. To me, it's exposure. So, I think people are comfortable with what they're comfortable with um, based on exposure. So, for example, like, you grew up around black people mm-hmm. right so going to school sports friends group look diverse so to you yeah. that's completely normal yeah people who have never been around black people and they're still in 2020 um again like you said people are the only black person they've seen was at the grocery store mm-hmm. um 
I think that that shifts like who and what they find okay. And I'm not even going to say that makes them inherently racist. I don't think that it does. But right, I think right, right. that the norms that you are around, the norms you're exposed to, conversations that happen in the whole room mm-hmm. where you're only around white people are probably going to be a lot different if you're in mixed company, regardless of race. So mm-hmm. I feel like like things that are said and done um, shift how you show up. And it's part it's based on your exposure. Like mm-hmm. for me, I grew up, I was born in Germany, army brat. On my stairwell as a child, I remember like my friend, it was like the freaking United Nations. I mean, one of my friends was Samoan, one of my friends was Puerto Rican, one was Indian, I'm black, I had a friend that's white. Like we all yeah. live yeah. in the same stairwell on base. And so that was that normal. was my normal. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I moved to Georgia at uh, 10 years old. And I remember looking around, and where we lived was kind of mid, like middle of town. So yeah. it was like a mixed group. Yeah. But I was like, well, where are all the Latinas? Like, where are all, like, where is everybody else? Because yeah. yeah. literally it was black and white. Mm-hmm. And we just had, like, my next door neighbors were an interracial couple. Like, it was legit black and white on my door. It's one of the other right? in <laughs> yeah. South Georgia. But that yeah. was, like, kind of how it was. And, like, I went to school, and it was, like, black and white. But we were all cool. Like, we were all mixed in together. Yeah, yeah. But it was still kind of, to me, even my exposure was, there's a lot more than black and white. But I'm right, in right. Georgia, and it's only black and white. Mm-hmm. And so I see people, and that's all they see and know and are aware of. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, there's tons of people. Like, let's go try some different foods. People aren't comfortable with it because they've only eaten, you know, macaroni with a little bit of cheese. <laughs> I ain't going to say who makes that. Or macaroni with a lot of cheese. Macaroni on a stove top or macaroni in the oven. It's different, but that's all they've eaten. <laughs> uh, potato salad with raisins or with um, But they, that's all they've eaten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything outside of black and white mm-hmm. is weird, uncomfortable. And it just shifts how people act. So, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Like, for me, I have been always intentional in my friend groups of seeking out diversity. Like, that, Mm -hmm. because I thrive on that. Like, gotta have me a white girl. Need me a Latina girl. Leave me an Indian girl. It's fine. Like, I gotta have the group. And it's not even to, like, come and tell y'all, I got an Indian friend. It's not even for that. It is just, I just love different cultures. I love different people. I love different different perspectives. I love different learning. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so... It's like that's been intentional in my life. And then it's funny because I see my kids replicated in it. And one night we had a slumber party. Didn't even pay attention. I told my three youngest, like, invite a friend. We're going to have some party. We're going to have fun. I turn around. One of my friends invited her best friend who's a white girl. Mm-hmm. My other daughter invited her best friend who was Japanese. My other daughter invited her best friend who's, she's Indian, black, and white. Her oh, mom is half oh. white, half Indian. Her dad is black. Okay. So we're sitting there and I'm laughing because I just, after they were playing and I just happened to look, I'm like, how cool is this? Like, this is my kid's normal because of what they've seen like mm-hmm. their friends and my favorite story my best friend brandy lynn davis <laughs> everton shout out yeah blde um from uh, phoenix city alabama and that's how she talked uh she um <laughs> blonde hair blue eyes like we've been besties for at least what 12 years 13 years yeah. anyway um i never forget my daughter who's 16 now at the time was in pre-k yeah and so brandy and i worked in this building that was near the school mm-hmm. and so we would like i would go eat lunch with lexi Brandy go eat lunch with Lexi. Lexi's four years old. Okay? Mm-hmm. So she knows Miss Brandy. This Miss Brandy. This my auntie. So <laughs> one day Miss Brandy walks in the school because yeah. Brandy's telling me a story. She's like, I had some time, so I went to go eat lunch with Lex at school today. Mm-hmm. And she said, I walked in and the kids in her class looked and said, Lexi, 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 there goes your mom. There goes your mom. There goes your mom. And Brandy said, she said, I was waiting to see what she was going to say. And she said, Lexi looked at her and said, Hey, my mama, this is Brandy. My mama drive a different car than her. Miss Brandy drives a different car. My mom has a big car. Ms. Brandy, but she didn't, and Brandy said, I was shook because she didn't say. Same race. No. She no. just said, that's Miss Brandy because she drives a different car than my mama. Like, and that's how I've been intentional about raising my kids. Like, do they see, like, when people say, I don't see color, 
You got eyeballs. Yeah, everybody you sees see color, it. period. Next. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. But it's like, and then what? Like, yeah. past that, and then what? And, then what? and what right? about it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, I, I, I appreciate seeing, having that experience that I had as a child, because mm-hmm. I know black people who are on the other side of the fence who will not interact with white people, who will not talk, oh, who do not trust them. Let's tell us in a bre- to, to yes. the, the, uh, the Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. Charlemagne sometimes, I'm like, dang, you do not like white people. Yes. And I don't, I don't feel offended by it because I'm just like, well, I'm not really, I don't really get offended, period. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm like, Charlemagne, like, it's okay. Like, I'm, but um, no, I, I love that. And, and like, listeners, if you're listening, well, you better be listening. Um, We're not saying to go out and seek and go out intentionally seek people who, who look different than you. We're saying to open up your mind. Like, when they speak, yeah. turn around and just listen to what they have to say. Even just, I don't know, like... Well, I even say, I even say, seek it if your motives are right, good. Right, the, right. Right, so don't just seek it yeah. to put them in your crayon so, box. So, so you can put them on social media. <laughs> put them in your yeah, box. yeah, yeah. If you say, you know what, I, I don't know a single Asian person. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are literally sitting here listening to this and saying... I do not have in my phone a number I can pick up and be like, hey, girl, to mm-hmm. a person that is Asian, mm-hmm. you might want to work on that. Yeah. Right? If you don't have a single number in your phone to a person that is black and not the person from kindergarten that's not going to remember you, <laughs> that you can't pick up and call and be like, hey, girl, or hey, hey, girl, or guy, like, and you want to change that. Right, right, right. Be intentional. Good, your, 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 your motives have to be yes. pure about it. You, you can't just be saying it so you can walk around and say, I have a diverse friend group because yes. you're clearly your motives aren't. Pure. Yes. But um, no, I just and honestly, I'm gonna say something. Having having black folk in your friend group is good for you. Mom. It's good for you because you learn how to check. You learn how to check people. <laughs> make you better. Oh my god! I'm you like, it's so yeah. funny yeah. being around black people. Like they don't care. Yeah. Like you could you could just I mean just check your people just like the music I learned how to twerk because of black uh, some of my, my black friends things I've seen lately is the message that love us like you love our culture like right, black right, right. culture around the world it's celebrated it's celebrated mm-hmm. and, and somebody yesterday had on a shirt I'm trying to remember what it said but it was so bomb because it was like it the lit the shirt literally said it's ghetto until it's fashion right oh. and it's like when you think about how many things that we true. have done as a culture. That were like, oh, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes fashion, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, number one, like that's retarded. But anyway, oops, I, I shouldn't have said that word. That's <laughs> stupid. Sorry. Um, and number two, like, like, like Gabby said, like it is normal and awesome to have like a diverse friend group. To have, I didn't even know Starbucks had a short <laughs> until my white friend told me. Like, we're in Starbucks in the drive-thru, and I'm like, I don't know, I didn't know that either. Wrong, but I want a little bit of Starbucks. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to order a short. I said, what is that? She's like, it's just a little bit. It helps me stay skinny. I was like, oh, what size is it? And she's like, it's a little tiny cup. Hold on. And she ordered one. And I was like, well, how did the, I've been at Starbucks for how many years? You've been at Starbucks for a good minute. And did not know that they had a, a size. And then she's like, oh, they also have a mini. And I'm like, you need to know these things. You need to know these <laughs> you things. You need to know these things. You need to know. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, yeah. I, I just... I just think it's good. I think it's awesome. Um, and like, I just, I just want to touch, we're kind of switching gears now, um, about social media. Cause that's, what's been probably taking me off the most. Um, and y'all know I have beef with social media anyway. And y'all already, I already got beef. I already did a whole other podcast about it. Um, and what's been mostly just pissing me off is a lot of people were saying, well, if you're not posting, then you don't care. And I had a really big issue with that because 
I've been caring my whole life. It has, you know, it hasn't been like I wouldn't say I'm out there with a picket with the with the sign and stuff. Like you went to the protests in Savannah, mm-hmm. but I just was kind of like, no, I do care. I shouldn't have to make a post on social media to prove that I care because anybody can do that. And um, but a lot of my friends are like, yeah, I mean, you, girl, you good. Like yeah. we know who you are. And I'm just like, but a lot of these other people, I got to post. I got to post. I had a friend yesterday. She was like, I was feeling guilty. But she's like, but then I realized I know who I am. I know she goes, I'm kind to everybody. I've never, I've never acted any like differently than that. Mm -hmm. She's from Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. So, but she was just like, I wasn't going to be bullied Mm -mm. into pressuring because they said, you know, white silence is violence. So, but she was like, I don't want to contribute to that. Like to me, it doesn't do a doggone thing. Yeah. I'm like, not a damn thing. I totally agree because to me, it's like, I have some friends that I know didn't make posts on social media, right? Mm -hmm. And some people aren't into social me. media. She called me. She's like, yeah. hey, we're talking about work stuff at the end of the call. She's like, how are you? And I'm like, oh, girl, good. Like, this is fine. She's like, no, no, no. Like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Like, and just her doing that yeah. was huge. And we just sat and talked. And I was like, girl, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm all radical right now. I told Gabby the other week. I'm, I'm belligerent. this week. I'm belligerent. belligerent. <laughs> Let me calm down. Like, I'm still working my emotions. Um, but this person, uh, Iowa. She's from Iowa. Iowa. Oh, yeah. That's so, why I watched Yes. And she's like, well, I've been watching the news. She's like, I see. I don't know enough mm-hmm. to, like, even know how you feel, but I wanted to check on you. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is what you do. Like, making a post for all these people that don't care, that's just scrolling, like, to me, means nothing. And mm-hmm. if I didn't see a post from someone, whether it be a black person, white person, whoever, like, I didn't even care. Like, that wasn't even, I wasn't on Facebook, like, let me see who's posting. Right, 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 yeah. You know, like, that was never me. And, and, and mm-hmm. if people didn't call or didn't reach out or whatever, I'm fine with that, too. Like, I can't. Like, to me, that's just minuscule. Back to, like, what are you really doing to right. change and make impact? And, mm-hmm. and a post on Facebook doesn't hurt. And, um, and for my listeners, I'm calling every last one of y'all out who posted a <laughs> fundraiser or a donation. I know y'all didn't donate unless I see a, re- a receipt. <laughs> so every last one of y'all who did that, trying to, here's all the different ways you can donate. What, what money? Uh, I know one girl. I was like, girl, you work at a doggone, like, no. fast food joint. With what money you donating? <laughs> And here's a bunch of no. books. Here's a book. Here's a bunch of books you can read. It's all y'all. It's very endearing, yeah. but I've seen y'all's posts and y'all sound a little, little tiny yeah. bit illiterate. So I know y'all don't read. <laughs> so I'm just like, don't, yes. don't be telling me why. Please. I saw something the other day that was a real good article that was, I think it was in Forbes, but anyway, mm-hmm. it was about book clubs, <laughs> and it was <laughs> like when um, racism hits or things happen. Like, people running out and, and, like, oh, read this, read this. And it's, like, what changes? I mean, which it's good. It's good to educate yourself. It's it good is. to build your knowledge base. And then what? And I think I think that's kind of my consistent theme right now. Mm-hmm. Now what? And then what? Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? So when the company in Utah literally reached out to me individually and said, Maria, will you please fly out here and help us put voice to this using our stuff? That, to me, is an and then what? And then on top of that, another dude was, like, we were working on some bias training since you're coming out here. Can you be one of the thought leaders on our bias training and give us your thoughts and experience and help us with that? Like that to me is an and then what? Because that's mm-hmm. not just that we made a post, check that box, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, even Lush, and I'm a plug Lush Cosmetics. I love Lush. They are good. They are the bomb diggy. Also Fenty. She's a big Fenty fan. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I will Fenty it up. I have on nothing right now. And usually Gabby sees me without makeup. She's coming to the Y and I wouldn't have on makeup. And she looked at me and be like, oh, you look tired. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> um... So I guess I look tired today, but she hasn't said it yet. But yeah, she's like, you look tired. Maria always looks anyway, bomb. She's you look tired. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, punch my throat. But anyway, um, but Lush <laughs> did the blackout. Like, they made their post. 
which was like, okay, yeah, great. Okay. And then what? I got an email from Lush last night mm-hmm. with their 90-day plan for the six steps and the strategies that they're planning to take over the next 90 days to work towards inclusivity, eliminate racism. And it's like legit step number one. We are going to put every employee at every store through anti-racism training. Like they have literally said for the next 90 days, here are the actual actions we are going to take mm-hmm. and hold us accountable for it as a company. And I'm like, wow. Like that to me is the... And then what? Like, okay. Because everybody yeah. just kind of posting yeah. and saying that, okay, well, what are you really yeah. planning to do? And what about it? And, and are you going to be vocal? Are mm-hmm. you going to say, here's what our plan is, hold us accountable to do it? And getting that email, I was like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I got the Lush email. I'm like, oh, sale. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> oh, sale. Sale. And I click it. And they were like, we said we were going to do right. We said we were going to be different. Mm-hmm. Here's our 90-day plan. And I posted in one of my um, Facebook groups with some of my friends. I was like, hey, God, like Lush. Like, they sent this email with, like, does anybody want to see it? Mm-hmm. And several people were like, ooh, email. Like, let's see. Let's see. But it's kind of like, that's the the next, right? You mm-hmm. know, be upset. Be outraged. Be whatever. Post your box if you feel needed. Not saying nobody should. And then what? And, and that's then to what? me the big that's, thing. That's, that's to me same, the big thing. Same. Yeah. Um, I also just want to go ahead and put it on the record. I'm tired of all the blanket statements. I really am. I'm tired of it. I see a lot. Oh, well. All cops are bastards. I saw that one. I'm like, guys, are we really that? No. Are we really that uneducated? We think all Shout cops out are to bastards. Officer Thomas, my high school police officer, hey. that when I got arrested at school for beating that girl up, and the other cop had to come and get me to take me to jail because I was 17. Ot was pissed because the other cop tried to handcuff me in the back, and Ot was like, "You're not gonna handcuff her in the back. Don't. I can take her myself. Like, you're not gonna treat her like that." Shouts out to Ot. You See, they're good ones. Officer Thomas. Good ones. Like, and, and there's good and bad in everything in life, y'all. Like, saying that, yeah. you know, well, I mean, all white people are racist or all the looters are crazy black thugs. Like, mm-hmm. stop stop putting a blanket statement on yeah. everything. Yeah. That's what I have a big issue with. I'm like, are you really Same. that ignorant? You think Same. that everybody's like that? Agreed. Stop. Agreed. I mean, and, um... And, and I also, to kind of piggyback that... Yeah. And don't feel... Don't feel like you have to counter someone's feelings by pointing out like a one person that's good. I, I don't know. I think yeah, yeah, if yeah. I say, yeah, true. you know, I don't know. It's just like, because to me, what I see on social media, which is why I was telling Gabby before we started, like, mm-hmm. I need to just take a break, go over to LinkedIn where I make <laughs> money and people are normal. Just go to LinkedIn. Uh, well, they act normal. They act normal. Anyway, um, it's always like a counter. Like, I can have a, a perspective. Mm-hmm. I can have a perspective. May or may not be accurate, you know, Mm -hmm. and honestly, coming from the side of being a black person in this country and in the South, um, it may be something that you can't even relate to. Like, so if I say I feel X, Y, Z about X, Y, Z, let me feel that way. Like, you don't have to agree. You don't have to disagree. Like, you can just be like, okay, Maria feels X, Y, Z. Okay. And and that's it. Or, you know, vice versa. If someone else feels X, Y, Z about X, Y, Z, you know, let them. Like, I, I just... I hate the countering of everything. And, and in specific, I will say, when people say Black Lives Matter, and then someone says All Lives Matter, or Blue Lives Matter, we ain't talking about that. That's not it's what we're talking about. That's, that's two totally yeah. different topics. Like, don't, and so when people have to counter with that, that pisses me off um, to the highest level of pissivity. <laughs> because again, if I say save the whales, you don't holler save the dolphins. No, you have <laughs> to say save the fucking that's whales. True. Like, so that's true. Why do we need to do that's this? That's such a good comparison. Yes, that's know? such a good comparison. So, yeah. Like, when, when people say, <laughs> well, hey, it's what it's for. I mean, because yeah. people say black lives matter, we're not saying the other lives don't matter. So, that's not the whole purpose of it. So, and 
I know that living in the South, I've seen all perspectives. Mm-hmm. I've seen the left, the right, the middle, whatever. And I kind of have had to look at things from a different scope. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, like growing up, I just didn't, I didn't know like, like, you hear about racism. Mm-hmm. Cause you this didn't. wasn't an awareness. It wasn't a conscious awareness. Yeah, because it was just so normalized for yeah. me. Because we were all, like, just happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all, we were all friends. It wasn't anything that serious to me until I go out in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is an issue. And people don't come at me and say, well, Gabby, you're, you must have just been ignorant your whole life. Yeah, no. It's a conscious awareness. It's an unconscious awareness. Like, you know, like, it, you know it, it's there. There's there. But it's not something that's touching you that's living with you right and so I was like oh okay so I'm gonna have and like I was telling my friend Julia I was like I'm sorry that you feel this way it really bothers me and I feel almost like I will say I do feel more awkward Mm -hmm. out in public with with you know if I'm in a place where there are black people I'm like well I'm I do I have thought like I have been consciously thinking Mm -hmm. like what are they thinking my intentions and motives are like she been that Karen is Right. I'm serious. I'm like, I don't, I feel bad. I really do feel kind of bothered that they feel that way about white people. I I really do. And and, and I I would say this, like, don't take it personally. No, 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 no. Especially like right now. I feel like right now there is a heightened, um, heightened awareness. And I would even say like from the black community, there's a heightened pain. Like it is like, Mm -hmm. what the freak? Like this keeps happening. Like, how is this? Okay. How can anyone justify this stuff or kind of say well maybe if they didn't well maybe if they like like it's a heightened sense of pain that other races right now in our country while they might see it and empathize with it Mm -hmm. they can't sympathize with it like they don't feel it right so yeah so especially right now and this is for all the Gabby's listeners like (laughs) We just upset. Yeah. <laughs> Again, when Gabby asked me to do a podcast, I told her she had to give me another week. Because I'm, I'm still feeling a little radical and belligerent right now. Um, and, and I know better, right? So it, it's emotions. It's emotions. And it is gut-wrenching, painful emotions to watch someone that looks like your husband, your dad, your brother, you know, your nephew, you know, you be murdered on television or on film mm-hmm. by a police and people try to justify it. Or to watch, you know, someone that could be you jogging down the street and get hunted down like an animal. Like, and it, it's a different pain to just watch it and, oh, that's awful, versus how easily it could have been you. Yeah. How, when my husband gets pulled over by the police, I immediately tense up because I'm like, for a traffic stop, I'm like, this could go way wrong. Like, this, from nothing, from absolute. And it's like, there's a statistic I saw the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the other numbers, but it basically was like, um, only 36% of black people say that they like completely trust the police. That's sad. That's yeah, sad. like thirty six percent. And again, you know, we know all police are not bad. Yet when you think about the experiences, right? So mm-hmm. me driving to Butler or driving, excuse me, to Columbus, Georgia, from where we are at Effingham, have to drive through Butler, Georgia. There is a ten out of ten chance that I'm gonna get pulled over in Butler for nothing. And I have been pulled over in Butler uh-huh. for nothing. Mm-hmm. A couple, one time I got pulled over. He's like, the tent's too dark on your car. I'm like, bro, this is the factory tent. Like, this came on the car, and you could see me through it. So what the hell? Then he's like, oh, this is a nice car. It's a nice car. Was it your Camaro? The Camaro. Yes. Oh, oh I don't get pulled over in the Tahoe because that's my mom's car. The Camaro. I know exactly why. And then literally over. drove. And he told me before I drove off, well, there's another officer up the road. He's probably gonna pull you over too. Literally less than a mile away, 
right up to the traffic light. And they call your buddy Tom and tell him. He pulled me over. And I said, your friend already told me you're going to pull me over. My tent is fine. Oh, okay. Well, let me check it anyway. Another time I was taking my nieces home, two babies, my brother's daughters, from Savannah back to Columbus because they came and stayed with me this summer. Mm-hmm. Butler, Georgia. I'm going to put you on blast again. <laughs> in the Camaro because I never get pulled over in my Tahoe. Um, I had a hat on, the music up. My nieces were asleep in the car. I'm mm-hmm. driving this early morning trying to get them home. I get pulled over. And I'm like, okay. So I stop, and he walks up, and he looks, and A, I guess, sees that I'm a female. I had a hat on, my hair was pulled back. Sees that I'm a female. Shines it in there, sees my nieces in the car, and was like, oh, where are you going? I said, why did you pull me over? Why did you pull me over? And he it's was like, oh, I was just kind of, you know, we were out here checking. I just was, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, am I getting pulled over for something? He's like, uh, well, do you have a license? For, am I being pulled over oh, for what, something? What are you pulling me over for? He's like, well, I just kind of doing a check, but you, you just, uh, just have a good day and let me go. But it was like, why did you pull me over in the first place? So, I've experienced it, right? I remember when I was a probation officer for the state of Georgia. Oh, I forgot I you were a probation officer. At, yeah, I was the police. Again, I know they ain't all bad. <laughs> I was out visiting one of my kids, one of my juveniles. Yeah. And um, his grandma came out the back room, and she was probably like 80, 80-something years old. And this was like, I was probably like 22, 23. And she walked up and looked at me and said, oh, you're such a pretty little colored girl. And I had to like pause, like, what did she just say? Like, and, and again, I, I still respect my elders. Mm-hmm. And I realized she was old. It was way out in um, Macon County, Georgia. So way oh, back. Right, she right. probably hadn't seen a black person since 1927. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it still was like, oh, what the freak? Like, mm-hmm. and, and it was like, I had to take pause. But then again, I had to tell myself, she's thinking she's giving me a compliment. There was, mm-hmm. I could tell there was no ill intention in that statement whatsoever. Right. She literally came out 90 something. She's about 80 something. And looked at me and was like seeing me trying to help her grandson not go to jail, you know. So I didn't feel that there was an ill intention, but it was like, wow, you know. I, speaking of uh, your elders, so my grandmother before she passed, love you, Grandma Rosemary. Um, her um, her caretaker, love Rosemary. <laughs> love Rosemary. Her caretaker is Miss Sharon, mm-hmm. black lady, love her. Well, uh, Miss Sharon, Ms. Sharon usually always went above and beyond mm-hmm. and would take my grandma up to Portal. Mm-hmm. Georgia and my grandma would stay nights with her whole family so they would take her out to eat whatever and I asked Miss Sharon I was like does that ever make you feel uncomfortable like here's a whole like big black family and y'all are wheeling around a old white woman <laughs> it's my grandma <laughs> and so her Miss Sharon's grandkids they would be like they they would get looks and like people would be like who was that white lady with and they would be like um, that's Miss Rosemary. She's family. And I would be like, that like melted my heart that like they looked at my grandma as, as if she was family. And so I feel like a lot of things too, that I want to put out there too, as well, is that the media is making black people look as if like, like look like making black people look as if like y'all hate white people or y'all just walk around like boohoo crying all the time. Yeah, that's what sales. I was like, black people not like that. That's like y'all have his own y'all y'all's own lives, your own jobs. Like y'all walk around it's the ratings. It's what but it's what it's like sensationalism. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not how like black people are a resilient community. Mm-hmm. So like you don't even understand the audience. So I'm just like that they don't walk around like mm-hmm. we hate white people and like they yeah. they may have a, a certain type of feeling towards the white community. They may feel some, some type of way. I would even say overall. 
But it, yeah, because I think it's individual. Like, it's very which, individual. Again, I would say on yeah, you the can't opposite speak for end of the coin. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I don't think that white people walk around looking at me and hating me. Very it's true. Very individual. Like I feel like it's individual. It's an individual to basis. Experiences. Yeah. I'd say to people's choices. Like I feel like it's so individual, and I do feel like that different things are magnified, sensationalized, emphasized mm-hmm. to create and evoke different emotions um between and to create i think divisiveness because mm-hmm. it's like um i don't know it's just this is yeah it's just weird but I, d- I do like i agree like i have i have white people in my family period yeah um i have friends who are like family who are white who i got if i can name the people that can walk in my mama's house without knocking <laughs> all right we got tiffany tiffany's half white half black we got Brandy, who's white. We got Kelly B, who's white. We got, of course, my black friends, you know, Tequila, Mona, Ashley. Um, we got Judy, who's Puerto Rican. We got Jessalina, who's Puerto Rican. We got Amita, who's Indian. Like, these people can literally just walk in my mama's house and literally do and say, hey, ma. And, like, they're, they're family. Like, you know, so it's like, yeah. I feel like across the board. Um, yeah, you can't generalize. And we got to be intentional. Like, again, right, back to right, that, right. like, whole, the, the more you are exposed to things and people, mm-hmm the different you will be regardless of what you were taught and raised with. It'll come naturally and not. Yeah, you will will grow and change. I have actually seen people that have, like, grown and changed, right? So Mm -hmm. regardless of, like, I'm hanging out with my friends from India, met Indian friends and eat Indian food now. I was at a freaking, um, y'all, if you want to party, anyway. An an Indian Uh, wedding. Indian (laughs) weddings on the wedding. It was a... Gender reveal. Oh shit! That was six hours. Listen, they we don't had spare no four expense. meals, <laughs> seventy five desserts. Um, it was a Sunday. My kids are like, do we gotta go to school tomorrow? I'm like, we are gonna leave in a minute. We are gonna leave in a minute. But it's, <laughs> we having too much fun. Um, they had a DJ, a giant blown up dancing baby. Indians don't play like they don't play. Like, yes, but it's like my kids are getting exposed to that now. But for me, it was like I was probably well when I was a kid. I had a friend that lived there, so we did all that kind of stuff. But like as an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, hanging out with my Indian friends, going to their celebrations, being a part. One of my friends was getting married and invited mm-hmm. me to her wedding in India. And so I was like, that's gone. a 12-day extravaganza. It was two weeks of Christmas time as well. That's the only oh, night I didn't go. That's the okay. only night I didn't go. Dang. Um, but, yeah, so it's like you start to realize and normalize things with yeah. exposure. And I feel like mm-hmm. go out there and find out some stuff. Go to some of these celebrations that they have in all your different towns and cities. Mm-hmm. Like, that they're celebrating different cultures, go. Yeah. Like, roll up. Like, pull up. Pull be up. Be part of it. Go pull see. Because you just, I feel like that, to me, is a big part of, not even just black and white. Like, all of us get Everybody. to, like, F all this S. Because COVID going to kill, it's going to kill all of us. So, you know, <laughs> and I think that, again, like, was one thing that kind of level set in people's mm-hmm. minds. Yeah. No one was exempt. No one. Yep. Nowhere in the world. And mm-hmm. so then it's like, we are a little bit more connected than we sometimes like to think. And Very so true. I feel like we need to keep that momentum going. Um, I know what uh, momentum we shouldn't keep going is all you, everybody who's using the Black Lives Matter movement to go loot people and be violent. <laughs> um, every last one of y'all, sit down, go home. Where's your mom? Where are your parents? Okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> we, we, we got to, Maria. So Where? here is my thought. Okay. Looting, I'm not a fan of like stealing. I don't steal. I've never stolen. My kids don't steal. Like, we don't steal. And. I understand the pain mm-hmm. that would make you say, burn this bitch down. Like, I completely understand. So while I'm not necessarily like myself, like, okay, I'm going to go out here and burn. <laughs> I might go steal some lush. I'm not <laughs> um, but while I'm not like 
necessarily in my mind, like I'm going out here with the sole thought of doing destruction and damage. I can understand the emotions mm-hmm. that leads you there. I, 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 that's my thought. Like, so yes, it's not cool. Yes. I can completely understand in a crowd. You're in this group thing. You are dealing with all this. A stuff. lot of group things. It comes out in rage and hence the reason for the last couple of weeks, I've been relatively quiet because I was that level of pissed. <laughs> and I literally admitted it to so many. I'm like, listen, I can't even talk about this right now. Yeah. Like, I can't. This is because it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to cuss you out. Talk about your mama and everybody else who had nothing to do with this. <laughs> like, and this is everybody. Like, um, uh, you know, so I, I intentionally and luckily had enough self-restraint to realize my emotions were at that boiling point mm-hmm. that I just needed to just kind of back away. Mm-hmm. You saw, I didn't even make a whole lot of posts. Like I made a couple no, of posts, but it was just like, because I, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. because it would have been completely contradictory to any effort post rage I that just, I would have put forth. I really do feel like though, a lot of the looting, the violence, it gives people the excuse mm-hmm. oh, yeah. to discount, discount yes. the actual principle of it all. I agree. And you know, my, my friend was sending me some, some TikToks, uh, some people, they said, People, y'all stupid. If you go steal from the Gucci store, don't go make a TikTok and say, hey, look what I got from the Gucci store. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, one girl, <laughs> one girl is facing 10 years. No. 10 years from all the looting. Well, she was, but she was on uh, TikTok like, hey, I got this, I got this. I mean, I made 10000 from selling this. And so th- there was this guy out in LA, I think, and he, stupid, this white guy from like Indiana. He said, well, uh, we're out here because we heard it was a free-for-all. We heard it was a shopping spree. So, so, so he said, I wanted me some TV. So we got the trailer. We're loading it up. I said, what are you doing? Why are you on TV? Why are you on somebody's no. camera saying that? Okay, so this is a random public service announcement. Go ahead. Keep it off social media. I know. It. I'm going to tell you this just y'all from so a, like, what y'all see standpoint. But I have been on federal juries. Mm. And everything that you guys post. Uh, TikTok that you think goes away that really doesn't Snapchat all that stuff. Oh, does I it? have had stuff placed in front of me as part of evidence that was stuff that was pulled from social media. So, mm-hmm. so, so on Snapchat, so things that Snapchat says get deleted. I don't know where, deleted. how, and what. Mm-hmm. I don't know if someone caught it before it went, but like I've had seen things placed in the evidence, pictures of people holding things that were later tied to things that were what they y'all. And this is coming from a former probation officer. Uh, Stay off social media with that, okay? You can do something. Yeah, please. Like, please. Maybe just don't do it, but also, like... I mean, don't do it. But some of y'all... But if you want to do it... But if you want to... I'm like... (laughs) Just don't... Why are you posting that? Like, what are you doing? I got got folks... I'm not going to say no names, because whatever. Y'all posting all these drugs? I'm like, what you doing? Why are you doing that? I came out of court one day and literally hit up, like, a whole bunch of people I know. and was like, listen... Number one, you can get caught up in a RICO on anything. Apparently. True, like true. The, the way that they're able to bring about federal charges and mm-hmm. like link racketeering stuff to stuff. I mean, I was literally questioning um, the freaking prosecutor, like, wait a minute. So you're telling me this person from this thing, this thing is tied into this cartel and and it's like the tiniest sliver of a connection. And Crazy. that was actually a person who posted something on Facebook oh, um, and ends up tied up in this like 40 person listen. Don't post it. Okay. 
Just don't. Back to the store. Just don't. Uh, <laughs> don't post it. I mean, but that's but that's really good. I actually, don't post really it. bomb advice. Um, don't post it. I mean, I actually Maria has has me on Snapchat. So Maria, if you ever think I do something, just slide up. I'm, don't post it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Don't good. post it. Yeah, but um, but I, I, that's my my thought on the, and I see a lot of people like with the looting and oh, you, I totally get your point. Like about it, it does discount mm-hmm. the effectiveness. I feel um, because it, it do it has a whole different news cycle yes. than Black Lives Matter, so people are not even paying attention to it anymore. So yes, and mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also see, and here's and this is a conversation I had a couple weeks ago. It makes people pay attention, right? So as much as us peacefully marching and protesting and that kind of stuff is like, yay, stand up, have a voice, be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, and I don't even want to say it in a negative way, but I feel like it isn't. Well, anyway, the fear that comes from wondering if they're going to burn it down, I think people pay more attention to that. And if if that is the thing that makes you say we got to change because we don't want them to burn down our <laughs> Wendy's. Poor Wendy's. Then so be it. Like, you know, that, and that's kind of how I feel. And it's like, my daughter went out to the protest with us. We went out in Savannah and she was like, I'm staying after. And I was like, okay. And we left at like eight and she was like, I'm gonna hang out for a little bit. And that's okay. And she texted me. She said, mama, if anything happens, you know, and I go to jail, are you going to come get me? And I said, yeah. And she said, can you get my friend too? And I said, yeah. I said, listen, don't be stupid. Don't go out here provoking police. Don't go out here breaking or doing nothing. And I also know that they will arrest you for nothing. It happened in Atlanta. People just peacefully protesting were arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's kind of my thing on that. Would I do it? Would I encourage it? No. Can I say I understand the pain that would make someone burn it down? Yes. Now, if you want to go on TikTok and sell it and go to jail and all that, you're stupid. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but it's but how I tell you, though, a lot of people who are doing the looting are black. Yeah. They're everybody. It's everybody. It's free for all. Like your it's boy a, from it's, Indiana. It's a free for <laughs> your boy from Indiana. He said, It's a free for all. Like, I'm just yeah. here to give me some TVs. And I was like, What? Yeah. That man drove across the country. Yeah. Um, but now you have you heard about Chop? No. Okay, so Chop is a new uh country. They're calling themselves a new country in in Seattle. Oh yes. The little people that like pick up shop. Yes. Yeah. What is it called? Uh I gotta look I up what, what the name is. It was Chaz. I know you're And now it's Chop. And for people who don't know, they, they're basically saying that they're a new country. Mm-hmm. They, like, sectioned off parts of Seattle. It's a, it's, it's just an autonomous zone. Mm-hmm. It it looks crazy. I'm sorry, y'all. Little wild, y'all, that's too much for me. Now y'all just going too far. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, this, what y'all going to do, Chop? So here's my take, again. <laughs> um, the media makes things, the media, in my opinion, I will say, way worse. different. So Sometimes worse. Specifically mm-hmm. to that, I... I have a friend in Seattle, Lisa. I love Lisa. She is the bomb. Mm-hmm. We're sister-in-laws, but we're not really. Um, <laughs> but Lisa's in Seattle, and it was I'm, I want to say through Lisa's page or something that another friend in Seattle, or another person in Seattle, said, "Y'all, they're making this crazy and what it seems like. It's one street, like a block. Oh, okay. And yeah. they were like, the business owners are fine. Like everybody, like it's just nobody's even paying them any attention here. Mm-hmm. Yet the media has taken it and like made it into this big thing. And so when she, oh, there you go. Like, when I saw that, I was like, huh. Because it was reminiscent, and I'm going to take you guys back. And I think this might be when I picked those boys up, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Ferguson. Oh, that, Michael was, Brown. that was wild. 2015, yeah. Okay. So And that, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think that was what's going on when I saw those babies walking. And I was like, I'm not. They can't walk around. Mm-mm. And um, anyway, I actually had to go to work out near Ferguson. 
So I was flying it right when everything was going on. So the news is showing the entire city burning and all this and all this craziness. I landed, got in my rental car, drove over um, to Ferguson because I was working in St. Louis. I don't know where I was working. Somewhere near there. Anyway, drove over to Ferguson, literally drove to the housing project where mm-hmm. Michael Brown was killed. Mm-hmm. None of that was happening. Stood out there, talked to a white guy from California who had flown in from California, was walking around getting signatures on a petition to get the officer arrested and indicted. He said, I stopped my job. I closed out here like a bagel shop. He was like, because this is way more important. White boy from California. Never met Michael Brown. You know, and he's out there along with so many other people standing around the whole. It was so recent. I still have the pictures in the video on my phone. Mm-hmm. It was so, I think it was maybe, maybe a week after he was murdered. Maybe a week to the point where the balloons and teddy bears were still in the street oh, where he was murdered. Okay. Like it was that close yeah. to the event. And I'm sitting here like, now I watched the news last night. And all of this was on fire and burned down. Mm-hmm. Literally driving out here, nothing. Not it was it like one tire shop that probably already had boards on the window, mm-hmm. had boarded up windows. And I made a video because I was like, y'all have to see this. The media is showing you this. One side or this. one distorted yes. side. And I am here. Mm-hmm. This is what I see. Like, it's all different races of people out here protesting, standing around, holding signs. I got dude, I'm like, he came from California. Like, mm-hmm. it, the white boy came from California to be a part of this. It's not divided. It's not black people out here burning down the entire city of Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Like, I'm literally going live right now in Ferguson. So, like, that, back to um, the people in Seattle. Right, right, right. My brain immediately questions it just because my, back to experience. My experience was going somewhere that they told me was a war zone and dangerous. And I see people peacefully of all races. They're just going about their lives. All aligned, mm-hmm. saying this was wrong. We're out here. We're protesting. People dropping bob, dropping off flowers, teddy bears, stuff to the, mm-hmm. um, it was literally still in the middle of the road. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, but the media was like, oh, Ferguson's on fire. They're burning it down. It's all the black people out here. Da-da. And I'm like, it's, it's black people standing out here than white people because all of us are pissed because this is crazy. Like, yeah. yeah so. so basically, uh, summarizing from that is you can't believe everything the media says. <laughs> Don't I, For real, do your own research. And if yep. you need to, call a friend that you have. Yep. I mean, Maria is lucky that she has friends literally <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Because yep. Maria gets around. Yes. But yes. then, um, not in that way, though. Not in that way. No. We, <laughs> we love you, Tim. We love you, Tim. Um, I mean, you can't, you just can't yes. believe everything that you see. And I got everybody on, oh, God, another thing about social media. Y'all sharing mm. these false news articles. Just, I say, I say, use it as a reference point mm-hmm. and always investigate and do your own research. Like, that's trust me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it, because it's like, eh. Eh, eh, eh. Yeah. Or, uh, I just think if I basically have, I really said, screw the media, mm-hmm. um, just go talk go talk to somebody mm-hmm. about it. Whether it's Mar- somebody like Maria. Probably, I've probably been there at this point. I've been and, um, Maria, how are you? 39. I had to think about it. Look yeah. at that. I was, but somebody, I look 18. She does look 18. It. Hey. Play with it. <laughs> And that's why I wanted Maria specifically on the podcast because, first of all, I wanted to see her. Oh. A, B. Can you tell me I look tired. Okay. Oh my gosh! Shut <laughs> up! Shut up! <laughs> but I wanted Maria on here because I was like, all right, so Maria is an adult. Mm-hmm. She has four kids. Mm-hmm. She's married. Mm-hmm. She has a bomb career. Mm-hmm. So nobody can come up here and say, well, she's just the you know she's yeah. the black woman that whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, this is a successful person. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't try to discount yeah. her experiences. So. Nobody's gonna throw something on you. You can. I, can. You I mean, you can. You can. Try how you want to. You but can, anyway. but yeah. 
shield more new over her Camaro. Not look bad. But I got a Tahoe that's old. But that's um, why I mean, because yeah. like you've you've seen it all, yeah. and I know I was like Maria would bring a really good perspective on like on all of this. So and she's, you've said some really good stuff. No, like some really like it, some nice things that I think I think even white people right now need to be somewhat. I don't I don't want to say comforted, but I know a lot of I know a lot of my white friends are kind of like. I feel like it's a new awareness. A lot of my friends are like, ah, oh, Gabby, like, I maybe I've said some, some mm-hmm. things in the past. Because everybody's out and each other. if you said other. it, own it. Yeah, own it. Own it. Yeah. Like, own it. Own it. <laughs> and here's the thing, because like, everybody's and now is, is out in one another on social media. Mm-hmm. And, like, that can get you fired from your job. Yep. So a lot of people are. Mind your business. And don't walk up calling the police on people for nothing. You need to be fired if you do that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Did you see the one the other day when the man was painting um, on his own property? Oh yeah, and black. She he said Black Lives Matter, and then, yes. then the lady called the cops on him. Yeah, I was like, sis, that had nothing to do with you. Both of y'all got fired. Oh, she got fired. She owned a makeup company, uh-huh. and even Birchbox, who they can be kind of scarce. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, they were like, yeah, we're not playing with you no more. So she owns a makeup company. These people have like said that they're not working with you anymore. And Homeboy was like a financial something somewhere, mm-hmm. like high up, handling bank money with U.S. University of South Carolina, like or, excuse yeah. me, University of Southern California, like yeah. big accounts. Yeah, they released a statement. He's gone. Yeah. So y'all, I mean, so it's a lot of <laughs> mind your business, period. Um, so people just like people are out one another. So like my friends are kind of like, have you like I'm kind of scared, like it's kind of awkward, oh, and I'm just like, well, not that they have said anything, yeah. but they're like, but like, I, they're just they don't know how to approach it or even talk about race because. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to tell Jolia this. I was I was kind of like telling her. Um, well, before all this happened, mm-hmm. I wanted to do a podcast about race. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like light, kind of funny, yeah. kind of like the stereotypes yeah. about white people, about black people, and laugh about it. Yeah. Because I feel like nowadays, you can't even talk about it, yeah. and people get uh, yeah, yeah. uncomfortable, they get like offended, they get just, out, I mean, angry, mm-hmm. or like, I mean, and I'm just like, it's, y'all, it's, it doesn't always have to be that way. Like, yeah. look at us. Yes. I mean, we'll talk about it. Like, I don't. Let's talk about it. Now, I have to make sure I'm able, hence the reason I had to take two weeks. Uh, but I think it's important to have the conversations and to, and, mm-hmm. and when I say own it, like if you have said or done things in the past, own it. We all own have it. Like yeah. own it, you know, and say, Nobody is and, perfect. and we can change and we can grow and we can and evolve right. more aware. And we look at, I think here, racism as a U.S. problem. It's everywhere. Honey, when I come back, we can talk about my trips around the world. Well, we should. When I was on the wall, the great wall of China and my friend who actually is Taiwanese, Get you some friends. That's he said. If you go out in the countryside, they have never seen black people before. He said, no, no, you can no. tell them you're Beyonce, and they'll believe you. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that before I went. Well, I promise y'all, I am on so many family photos. So many that I'm like, yes, and they were like, ah, and patting my butt and like wanting to take pictures. But I wasn't offended because again, I had a friend mm-hmm. who said they've never seen black people before. But when mm-hmm. you think about 2020. Yeah. How can you have never seen a black person in person before and it still exists? So. Well, I mean, my mom has red hair mm-hmm. and she she's in she's on she's in a lot of photos and yeah. she, when she went to China, she was just like people were stroking my hair. I creep people with red hair. And <laughs> sister, I love red hair. My friend was dating a boy with red hair. I was like, please marry him. Let me get a proposal. Oh, she got hair. her little ass yeah. in. That's cute. No, she didn't marry him. She married me. I wish I wanted her to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> Strictly for the red hair. I didn't care about anything else. Like, I don't care if he's trash. But I mean, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's not just the United States; mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Yeah, and right. like, it's it's against different racial groups. Mm-hmm. So like, if you go to India, for example, they got they got some real beef with the with the Pakistanis. Mm-hmm. So like, and they have real beef within the Indian community. 
Well, just Indian friends. Real beef. Darker skin, lighter skin. Uh-huh. Yep. Southern Indians versus yep. Northern Indians. Yep. It's a whole different... People don't... People, okay, this is, we're going off topic a little bit, but people don't so understand... We'll come back to we'll, we'll have to. <laughs> we'll do this people don't understand India. Next. Yes, we'll do this um, later. And I have to... Oh, hey, Nathra. Um, she'll have to come on. Come on, girl. Um, but uh, this has been a good one. Yeah. We talked for a good minute. Hold on. Oh, let me look. Oh, yeah. About 59 minutes. Nine minutes and just change. Okay. But if you, if you wanted to say anything else, any closing? Um, in closing, I in closure. Like say, um, I think I would. My big things to just kind of close this out. The one that I've probably been saying probably the most. What are you gonna do next? Like, figure out and start thinking about what you're gonna do next. And if you don't know, mm-hmm. ask. You know, ask someone. And this is for all races. Like, ask. Like, what can I do to be a part of the solution? Because we don't want to let the momentum of right now go to waste as another posting opportunity as another mm. you know check in the box don't bully people into anything that they don't feel comfortable doing and just start thinking about what you're going to do next and also i would say um expand your awareness books are fine i love books yet i don't talk to but i'm not going to do that but anyway <laughs> talk to people um just start talking to people and, and it doesn't even have to be like a how are you doing you know i'm sorry whatever it could be just a like, let's sit back and kick back and just tell me about you. Have a you. kick back, yeah. Just tell me about you. Mm-hmm. Just tell me about your life. Just tell me about your experience. Ooh, I'll come back. We'll do the podcast where I have traced my family ancestry all the way back to the white slave owner, Hey Cousins, um, who owned our family uh, and had 14 children with his slave, this rape, that's what they called it back then, or that's what we call it now, um, who was my great-great-great-great-great-grandmother. I can give you names and all, so we'll talk about oh that. Oh, my God. We, we'll come back next tree. week. So back to how we are all interconnected. Lazarus Battle Parker, you can Google him, was a slave owner that owned my family um, and apparently is my great, 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 great grandfather. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Why didn't you say this earlier, Maria? We weren't talking about that. Oh, my God. So. That's crazy. <laughs> that is so wild that you were yeah. able to do that. I got names all the way down. And it was one cousin, one of my mom's older cousins, literally just went and sat at her feet in uh-huh. uh, Selma, Alabama. And mm-hmm. she just started telling me the story, and I just started taking notes. Yep. We'll Holy. Okay. Well, she's coming back, y'all. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. That is wild. Yeah. Um, but I would just say shout out to my, you know, my, my, my white folks out there. Um, you gotta do more. You got. You just gotta be able to talk about it. Feel comfortable. Yeah, it doesn't have to be awkward. You don't have to. You don't have to walk around and just, you know. You don't have to burn it down unless you want to, but you don't. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll welcome it. I got started. Um, just, just be, open, just be more open-minded. I've worked mm-hmm. on that. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that I'm just like, whatever. I'm not, whatever. But I mean, I'm just saying y'all, please just, mm-hmm. just do better. Just and do better. There are black people who don't know a white person. Like, let's just not even one-sided. There are black people who don't even really know white people other than when they see them at work, when they see them in the store. So again, to me, it's just get to know people, right? We mm-hmm. see color because it's there. We have eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yet it's about seeing past that, and the only way we're gonna do that is just getting to know each other, both sides, all sides, Uh-oh. right? Every side. If you love black culture, just talk to a black person. <laughs> Period. But don't walk up to them in the store like, "Hey, I'm sorry." Uh, okay, that's yeah. you, you don't have to Mm-mm. low key find some like bonnets or something. <laughs> like you don't have to do that because yeah. like Maria, like, huh? No, so just check on your people. Just yeah, just check on. Just check on. I had a friend, and she said she was talking. I don't know. She went to like a black person that said something. I was like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to like morph into ebonics no. to talk to speak to speak to them. You don't got to do that. That's you, way more offensive than anything. I'm like, do you do you talk to your white friends like that? No, 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 no. Then don't like, do it. Like, 
No, no, no. Keep it consistent. Keep it consistent. It's actually called code talking. I learned about that in my... We have code switching. That's another podcast. Oh, code code switching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We do another podcast. We do a whole number... We're coming back, (laughs) y'all. We're going to turn this into the Gabby and Maria... Talk uh, Reckless and Ruthless podcast. Reckless and Ruthless. (laughs) That was our nicknames at work. Reckless and Ruthless. And then sometimes I would turn into Ratchet and she would be Ruthless. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, y'all, thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any commentary from Maria, she can answer a lot of things. She's been, yeah. she been, she's been all around the world. She has a successful career. Yeah. So, and a bomb family. Um, but we'll be back. And thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And um, have a good one. See y'all next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>